Hey, Craig! Stateside in yeah. like a month, so yeah, uh, yeah. big uh, big day. Um, yeah, yes, yeah, it's uh, it's, uh, it's good to be back. Uh, I'm not as exhausted this week as I was last week, and so I'm feeling good, you know, because I got home from Costa Rica, and then uh, uh, two days later went to Pullman, and then the day after I got back to Pullman, I went to a concert in Seattle. Uh, and then got home and, and the next morning I had a, uh, I believe a 6am call. And then the next day I had a 5.30am call. And then I've just, for some reason, all my European colleagues and clients have wanted to have calls with me the last couple of weeks. Weird. <laughs> and so I've had nothing but these early calls and, uh, uh, kids have go through these cycles of not wanting to sleep. And so we've been on those, but Hey, I'm feeling a lot better this week. Uh, you know, and, uh, I'm excited to be podcasting again here on podcast versus everyone episode number 190. Good Lord. Yeah. We're um, creeping up on two Hunsky. I am Craig powers. I have been on 189 of those, um, as has my, <laughs> my co-host Jeff Neusser, uh, welcome, Jeff. And uh, yeah, basketball. Uh, it was a it was a big weekend all around, um, an exciting weekend. Uh, but but uh, you know, higher stakes for the women. Uh, the men though uh, came out and took care of business against a couple teams that they probably should beat. Uh, even even though Stanford was more of a toss up on the road. Uh, but yeah, you know, it was it was a nice weekend for Mo Mo Gay. Uh, he uh, kind of asserted himself against some lesser opponents for sure. And he's had a nice stretch during this five game winning streak, um, that, you know, I hope earns him some all conference honors and honestly should be, uh, uh, earning him some most improved player honors, but we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see about that. Um, one thing that's interesting that Mo has done that I, I rarely see, is he has been the Ken Palm MVP for four consecutive games. I, yeah. You you don't see that very often. No. But when you go when you go uh, t- uh 21 points and no rebounds, still MVP, very impressive. Uh but then uh you then you go 18 and 12, 15 and 15 and 20 and 10 uh with some assists thrown in there, not too many turnovers. Uh, no turnovers against Cal. He really was uh, he missed a few 
uh, shots inside because he was kind of taking some tough ones. But over, overall, had a nice game there. Ganksy going nine of nine from the free throw line. Uh, very impressive. Um, but yeah, overall on the weekend, you know, neither game was pretty. Obviously, Stanford, we play the slowest games imaginable. I think we got up to 50, what, 57 possessions. So that was uh, that was more than the previous one, uh, which was, oh, 58. And yeah, 58, the previous, how dare you? Uh, 53 against Stanford and Pullman. Uh, so these are actually secret, really good offensive games. Uh, but then yeah. Cal is just, you know, Cal, since uh, Mark Fox has been there, particularly since that program started to go downhill under him, really has uh, played some really ugly games against WSU. Because we, in the last few years, especially under Kyle, have really become a slow team. Defensive, I've always been defensive-oriented. And, you know, Cal just came out with that kind of, that senior night, senior day fire. And I think WSU had to weather that a bit. Um, but overall, it was it was good to escape uh, Berkeley with a win. And now they've won five in a row, you know, in this stretch that we knew was going to be their easiest stretch of the year. Like, even easier than any stretch in the non-conference. Like, this is this is their easiest stretch of the year. And they are the healthiest they've been all year. And they have uh, they've come through with five wins, and they're actually winning some tight games, which is nice because uh, the last few years this has been real tough, you know. But uh, winning tight games, but you know they came through it. Really, uh, three three of these in this stretch have been real tight and come down to you know last minute heroic. So it's it's been it's been nice they're winning those games. It's nice they're beating teams that they should beat. Um, and yeah, that's what we were hoping for. We were hoping we'd get to this point and have a few more wins so that we could be playing ourselves into a potential NCAA tournament bid. Uh, but obviously that is out the window, but it's, it's still, they're playing for something they're playing for a winning record and that does qualify them for an NIT bid. Yeah. And this was the stretch that we pointed to the whole time, right? We're like, you know, if we can just get to this point, with, with enough wins, if we can just get to this point with, you know, and, and survive and, uh, you know, whatever it's, <laughs> what's a bummer. And, you know, you alluded to it, right. Was that, you know, if there were just a, a few more wins along the way, right. And there's always the coulda, woulda, shoulda stuff where you go, okay, you know, coulda won that one, shoulda won that, you know, I mean, and obviously you can sort of like, do that until the end of time, you know, cause you know, the bottom line is you did, you know, lose those games, but the ones that kind of drive you nuts, you know, the first loss to Utah, right. in Pullman and overtime, um, you know, the UCLA game at home obviously kind of drives you insane, uh, losing to Colorado down there kind of drives you nuts, you know, and, and it's like, man, if we could just got, have gotten like, two of those, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't have to be super greedy and get all three. If we just gotten two, we'd be, you know, sitting there at, you know, 17 and 13 and, you know, 12 and seven. And you're just like, mm, you know, I mean, that's pretty damn good. You're probably on the bubble at that point, you know? So yeah, and you'd have um, that having that top five win, uh, another quad one win would yes. be big. And yes, uh, you know, another one you could maybe point to is, uh, that on, I mean, I know it turned out to be a 10 point loss, but on the road at USC, yes. uh, on the road yes. at Baylor, 
these are these would have been huge wins on the resume, yep. and they were yep. in there in the last minute in both of those games. And uh, that USC game obviously has got out of hand, and um, and obviously famously the Baylor uh, final possession was awful. Um, right, but that Baylor has turned out to be a very good team. They they were good at the start of the year. They they were kind of, I think si- since they beat us, they really started taking a shot upwards and. Uh, now they're 13th on Kempom, which is only one spot behind Arizona. So just like they have these performances where like they can play the 13th best team down to the wire. They can play the second best team down to the wire. They've beaten the, the 12th best team by 13 on the road and took them down to the wire at home. Like it, it's just, yep. uh, you know, not down to the wire necessarily at home, but, um, you know, pressed them. And so, so and, you know, Colorado is a top 60 team. You, you should have beat them on the road. Uh, and, and so, yeah, there's just a lot of you're, you're at this point that should have, would have, could have time. And it, it's kind of where we were last year. Although last year there were fewer last year, we're just hoping that they could log some wins somewhere. Um, but it's funny that they're, they're not, no, they're, they're, I think about 10 spots lower in net than they were at this time last year. Uh, just because they were pretty high in net last year, but they just didn't have any, any quad one wins. Very famously, I think uh, the only one that would have been was BYU in the NIT, which that doesn't count. Um, yeah. And, and so really it, not it's not a lot of opportunities either. That was not nearly as many. Year. You know, ones that the games that they thought would be opportunities weren't. And this we are plenty of quad one opportunities. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, let me just look at uh, Boise State, Oregon. Yeah, Boise State would be one. Oregon away. Boise State, would be Oregon one. at Baylor. Um, I don't know where UNLV is in net, but they wouldn't. If I'm just looking at Kempom, they are. Yeah, and that one counts uh, as a for net. That counts as a neutral game anyway. So oh yeah, they would. But they, uh, that's U- not really close. Utah State, Utah State, probably UCLA uh, yeah. at Arizona State uh, at Arizona uh, at Utah at Colorado Arizona at home USC on the road. UCLA on the road. So they actually had 12 quad ones uh, by my count, which I think is twice as many as they had. I think they had six chances last year. So that's, and so, you know, they got one, (laughs) but you probably wanted to get at least three or four (laughs) of those. You actually have a good resume. So yeah, getting, uh, getting, you know, uh, UCLA and getting, um, you know, and then maybe getting another one in there somewhere would have yeah. been huge but we're not there uh, but we are here they have something to play for though they're 15 and 15 they're 10 and 9 in conference yeah they can get a winning conference record they can get a winning record overall um or at least like guarantee that they'll be at least 500 which is what you need to be in it because otherwise you're going to have to win two games in the conference tournament to uh get uh to 500 if you yep. lose this one at UW. so so that's and and is there actual nit possibility well there is one guy that that i know of that does nit bracketology uh one of our former writing colleagues uh, in college basketball prospectus uh a uh very much a mid-major expert and a new york area basketball expert um he uh he has been doing nit bracketology for a long time Um, it's a lot harder than regular bracketology (laughs) because uh you get you you have to 
you just have no idea how many um, of these. So, it, you know, it, the one big conferences in bracketology don't really matter. Like if someone gets in there, but in this one, if a one big conference, the regular season champion loses, then that is an automatic berth to the NIT. So that, that makes it a lot harder. Also, um, they tend to go for a lot of regional matchups and things like that. So it's not necessarily always the exact best teams in the NIT, although it seems more like that since the NCAA has been running it, um, that they've actually went for the better teams. Uh, but he tweeted, uh, on February 26th, that uh, Washington State will be in my next NIT bracket now that they've projected over 500, but their resume isn't that great. And he did have them. He he had them in um, as an unseeded, uh, but would have been like a six or seven seed if they seeded like that uh, in, in the NIT. So so if 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 John is right. Uh, then WSU has the NIT to play for, and this yeah. uh, road, road game at UW could honestly decide whether or not they can make it there. Because um, if you get get this one and then get one in the in the Pac-12 tournament, uh, you know you, you're you're guaranteed a winning record. Uh, you you have a you have a couple more wins on there. You know it just looks a little better. Um, and that's yep. that's what they were able to do last year. They were going this big run at the end and. And then get a game in a tournament. I mean, actually, they just did they lose the first game? I don't know, man. It's it's hard to remember sometimes. Well, um, I, can I think t- they by the way, one. I can tell you, John Templin is not the only NIT bracketology out there. Uh, TheBarkingCrow.com. If we remember oh, them from last year, yes, I do they, now. They also do it right. NIT Stew. I, I very much like following NIT Stew on Twitter. Uh, so his his bracketology has us in as a four seed playing the mighty Santa Clara's once again, just like last year. So, uh, so yeah, he likes us as well. Same kind of deal. Uh, you know, I, again, I assume got over 500 and, uh, and all of a sudden was, was in the, in his bracket. So yeah, he, uh, John's not the only one. NIT Stu also likes us, uh, which is good. Like, I mean, listen, the, the NIT last year was great. I, I know that for a lot of fans, uh, I, I don't know. I say a lot. I, I don't know how many is a lot. Um, I know that for um, some, at least some of our fans, that anything less than the NCAA tournament was, you know, a, a supreme disappointment this season, which, you know, whatever. I, I am enjoying what we're doing right now. I am enjoying the wins right now. Even the win against Cal, I am enjoying, even though it was ugly as hell. We beat Cal. Yeah. I'm happy about it. I don't care. Like I'm just enjoying the wins. I'm enjoying watching them come together. I mean, we talked about, you know, kind of before we got on with, they're starting to win some close games. You know, I don't know how much of that I, I believe is sort of improvement or how much of that is just who they're playing. It's, it's probably some of both, but it's like, yeah, like they're, they're kind of coming together and they're a fun offense to watch. And, you know, they do still play pretty good defense when they're not playing zone. And it's like, I'm still, you know, still enjoying it. So, you know, for people who are like, you know, we get lots of this around bowl time, right? People start complaining, oh, there's too many bowls. There's too many bowls. Like, like how is more football bad, right? So the NIT, I kind of look at it the same way. I'm like, yeah, I mean, is it a bummer they didn't make the tournament? Sure. Like that, like I was looking forward to that. You and I, you know, very loudly were like, we think this is a tournament team. And then of course, some people come around to us like, hey, you said they were a tournament team. Well, that, sorry. 
we were we were excited and we were optimistic. Forgive us for for trying to be hopeful for something awesome. Um, you know, if it ends up being the NIT, I'll be excited. I'll be like, hell yeah, more games. Like, let's go. Like, you give me more games, I'll take more games. I'd love to watch more games. So yeah, I I'm I'm all on board with that. Um, you know, gotta beat Washington, right? Not you don't necessarily have to beat Washington to stay over five hundred at this point, right? Because you could you know, in theory, you could lose to Washington and then win two games in the Pac-12 tournament and then lose and still be 500 and still get in the NIT. But that's not the route you want to try and go. So instead, let's just beat the Huskies on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, so it's uh, sorry, I sent you a message, Jeff. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's uh, it's. I, I'm gonna be there at UW. I, if for any reason, um, I uh, I want them to win for that reason. But yeah, having being able to get into the NIT after just this and really frustrating season would be great for the players and and and, and great yeah. for I mean and honestly for the fans that are still sticking around. It'd be fun again uh, to be able to see them play more. Um, you know, I think like going on that run uh, probably. You know that you have the risk of maybe, uh, you know that I, I think there was legit concern, like thought that FA kind of showed out in the tournament last year, at NIT, and that was a big part of him getting um, looked at for you know uh, opportunity, you know uh, NIL opportunities or or the uh, uh, G League opportunities. Um, so you know that there was that, but also pretty cool, like that uh, a player kind of earned himself some cash uh, playing in the IT. Uh, you know, we got other guys like Mo has definitely got NBA capability or, and especially offensively and definitely the tools. And it'd be cool to see him have the chance to show out. And yeah, would, um, would that impact him leaving? I don't know. Like, I think like Mo, I think a lot of people are pretty aware of what Mo can do versus what FA could do. Uh, at this point, I think Mo is probably a little bit more of a, known quantity because he's such a high volume uh usage player uh versus fa uh was yep. and, and people tend to not pay attention to defense as much as they pay attention to offense uh, so i think most kind of a known quantity and unless he like just totally went off he probably isn't going to raise his stock quite like fa did when he was dunking on dunking from like uh 15 feet away on on, on smu um and, but yeah it's so but at the same time, like it gives it gives players opportunity. I think there's a lot of guys on this team that it'd be cool if they could experience some sort of success with WSU. It might actually help in them coming back next year. You know, guys like Powell, yeah. uh, guys yeah. like Bomba. Uh, you know, if they could if they can uh, have some fun at Wazoo, see the potential, see what their potential is. Um, you know, winning. You know, like beating UW, winning six in a row to end the season. Uh, that, that, that's the kind of stuff that says like, Hey, we can actually do it. We were, we were injured all year. And when we weren't injured, we won some games and maybe, maybe the schedule will be a little bit nicer to us next year. Who knows? Uh, so, you know, I, there's, uh, I'm excited for it. And in UW, uh, it's, it, it's, these games are, uh, going to be, it's going to be ugly. Uh, that's because, WSU is going to play slow offensively. WSU tend to, tends to slow other teams down defensively as well because of their ability to prevent 
um, uh, uh, transition buckets. Um, so it's going to be slow. It was 61 possessions the first time these teams played. If both teams were well under a point per possession, uh, very ugly stuff. Now, WC is going to get a lot of threes. Uh, UW has been pretty good at defending threes despite giving up so many. Usually, teams that give up a lot means they give up a lot of open looks. But UW has been good about kind of stretching out their defense. And uh, so I think in this game, it's uh, Mo's going to be huge. Uh, how he works from that kind of uh, point position. Um, you know, how, how they're able to, uh, pa- you know, passing is going to be huge around in the zone. Uh, TJ uh, got to the line a bunch last time against them, which was, was an interesting uh, change. Um, so, yeah, it's just uh, we're going to, you know, hope Andre and DJ can hit threes better than they did last time against UW. Um, I, UW's offense not very good. I can see uh, WSU having a, a nice defensive game against them again. Um, you know, they kind of did what we, we would expect last time. Um, against uh, WC's defense. Now, it's just what I can hope hope for a little bit here. Now, I'll say for uh, UW playing a, that terrible, uh, like, ugly uh, defensive style, they've been a pretty good defense this year. And they're, they're I think, around top 50 in Kempom, um, which is better than they have been in some other years, 52, um, uh, better than they have been in some other years under Hopkins. Uh, so it's... Um, yeah, so they, this is, uh, yeah, the best they've been since 2020, um, the last couple of years they've struggled. So they're, they're kind of back, yeah. um, to be better. They have some, uh, they've been able to defend the perimeter a lot better, uh, force teams into some tough threes. We're going to take our threes. So it's, it's going to be, uh, it's just, you know, where the threes fall, it's kind of a crapshoot lottery, but UW does only allow 29% from three. And that's about what we shot last time. So, uh, you know, just I, I expect another grinding, you know, game in the 50s to, you know, maybe maybe 60 wins this game. Yeah. Um, and just to remind everyone, it is on Thursday at 8 p.m. So uh, this is not a, a featured Saturday game by any stretch, uh, but it, but it, it should be, uh, you know, it should be. I think our guys are going to be up for it because. You know, they want to continue this winning streak, and I'm sure the coaching staff is telling them, hey, you got a shot at the postseason. Um, so it's it's uh it's a big um it's a you know it's it's a it's like it's a big game because it's the Huskies, but there's also there's stuff on the line here. And I know some people are like turning or bust, and you know what I've said about that. Like then why the hell do you root for Wazoo basketball then? <laughs> like <laughs> that must just be a miserable life for you. You must never ever have fun. Because they have uh, not met, went to tournaments very often, um, but you know NITs they've also just postseason in general they've not done very often. So to be able to keep keep that going, keep some sort of program momentum going uh, would be nice. And, you know Kyle Smith has not had a losing record since he's been at Wazoo. Uh, I'd like to continue that. That'd be cool to not have a losing record for four straight years. That would be good. Uh, that hasn't happened very often in Wazoo basketball history. Um, you know, and, and having a, a winning record in conference play two years in a row, that hasn't happened very often in Wazoo basketball history. Uh, so these are, these are things like while the season has been disappointing, um, w- w- this is, this is like a top, uh, like 
I'm not even joking. This is like a top 10% Wazoo basketball year because Wazoo basketball has been really, really shitty. I hate to tell people that, but, and I know like, cause of the recruiting that Kyle and his staff do, uh, we, we get these expectations built, but also it's partly the recruiting is why they've been able to, to sustain so many injuries and still sit here as a Ken Palm top, you know, top 60 team. And, and, with a chance with a winning record in conference play because they, they recruit so many dudes. And so, uh, again, I know we, 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 uh, we go back to all the time, but this team lost two starters, uh, at the start of the season, they endured many injuries throughout and it'll just be, it'd just be a nice, uh, a nice kind of consolation prize to get over 500 and, and kind of be able to, watch on and the NIT selection show and, and hope your name gets called. So, you know, it's, it, it, it should be, I'll, I'll be pretty intense watching this game, uh, on, uh, on Thursday. And cause, well, it kind of feels like there's a lot on the line. So, uh, it, it, as, as silly as that may sound, but Hey, I love the NIT baby. <laughs> I kind of go the other way on the game in terms of how it's going to turn out. Uh, one of the things we talked about after that game, the first one was that the shot quality was different than the actual score. So the shot quality is, you know, as we've talked about measuring like what, how many points you would expect to score on an average night, given the quality of the shots that you took. And our shot quality was something like, I want to say like 72 or 70, something like that. Um, despite only scoring actually 56, right? So underperformed by, you know, 14 points or so. I think on that Washington also underperformed Washington. I think their shot quality was like 62 or something like that. So both teams, you know, underperformed to a pretty significant degree. Uh, that's certainly not a, you know, a guarantee, that, you know, the next game is going to, you know, regress or progress, you know, back to something a little more, uh, you know, average. But at the same time, like, I, I, you know, typically it feels like the second game, you know, this is totally anecdotal. So I, I could be totally full of shit on this. I, I don't know. But anecdotally, it feels like the second game is a little more open than the first um, as, you know, both teams sort of figure out, you know, where, you know, the weaknesses were, how they want to attack it. Um, you know, teams are just, I think a little more exploitable, um, in college, you know, than they are necessarily in, in the NBA when they play series. So I, I think the game is actually probably going to be fairly interesting, fairly high scoring. Uh, I, I think that it's going to be a little bit more open. Um, and, and I also think, I also think there's a pretty decent chance that the Noah Williams, thing that we expected in Pullman, we might actually see in, in Seattle. Um, you know, we, we sort of gave him a lot of compliments for how, how he handled himself in that game. And, um, you know, didn't really try to play outside of himself, had a pretty, you know, solid game, uh, doing what he did. And, uh, certainly was clearly not trying to make himself, you know, the show. And that may have been, that may have been him. That may have been Hopkins, you know, telling him, Hey man, you know, like keep it under control or whatever. But, uh, for whatever it was, he, he was, you know, under control and had this, had this solid game. I, I do think, you know, kind of just thinking about like the end of the game, you know, the camera of course goes straight to him, uh, after the game in Pullman. And he is, 
you know, clearly sort of upset and, and, you know, biting his tongue or whatever. I mean, he literally put his Jersey in his mouth and bit on it, you know, for 30 seconds or whatever. Um, you know, it, it seemed pretty clear that the loss bothered him a lot. Um, and, and so I do kind of like, I do kind of wonder like, is this, does he go try to go into Noah hero mode? I mean, maybe he doesn't go full hero mode, well, but, um, but I, okay, just, yeah. uh, hold on. I, I think you do kind of wonder if he actually plays too. Oh, is he, he, hasn't is he hurt right now? He, yeah. He hasn't been, he hasn't played the last three games, uh, per, oh. uh, uh, he's, uh, Percy Allen has reported that he's had a knee injury. Oh, from, so, well, he heard it against us. So perhaps, yeah. uh, yeah. yeah, perhaps that's still bothering him. I don't know. I tend to think he would have to have his leg cut off to miss this one, but maybe not. So, I mean, I if know. that, but honestly, is he, is he that I mean, good he of a play player the next that game against Oregon? I mean, is he that good of a player that, um, that Hopkins is like, oh, I got to have this guy play injured. No, no. But you know that Noah's going to go all out to want to play. Like, there's no way he wants to miss this one. Right. You know, I know Hopkins. Hopkins obviously has the final say, but um, Mike Hopkins also does not really strike me as a particularly uh, overbearing coach. So if Noah tells him he's good, then he's probably going to play. I, w- I would think so. I don't know. That's, that's interesting. I didn't realize I knew he played against Oregon the next game. I didn't realize he'd missed the last three. I don't, I don't pay a heck of a lot of attention to Washington. So, um, but you know, if he does play, if he does play, um, I would not be surprised if he tried to assert himself a little more strongly than he did. Um, and the first one, particularly in front of the home crowd, uh, you know, you know, maybe playing it up for that. I could see him, I could see him going down that road. So I don't know, I guess we'll see. It's going to be interesting too. It's, you know, senior day for Washington. Um, We know that, you know, emotions can sort of run high for that one. Um, But also I don't, I don't know how many of these guys are actually going to be like super affected by it. Um, You know, maybe, I guess PJ Fuller for, he's been there for a couple of years. Uh, you know, Keon Brooks, this is his first year, right? Cole Badgemus yeah. is his second year. I so saw, I, I mean, I, think I, I saw there was, there was three guys on their team that are participating in senior day that actually have eligibility left. Yeah, um, I guess Jamal I'd Bay to, would be the other one. He's been there for five years, to, so maybe he'll be, maybe he'll be, uh, emotional. I but. wonder if it was, uh, what's that kid's name? Works for Factal, uh, uh, Mariners fan. The heck's his name? Why can't I think of his name right now? I don't I think know. He, he I don't was, know. I don't know. Was, uh, it's, it's driving me crazy, but I, I feel bad because uh, 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 Joe, Joe Vieira. Joe, uh, Joe. Yes, of yeah. course, Joe. Uh, um, I, I think I saw him tweet about it or that's why I was, I was going to look for it. But yeah, that, so it's interesting that they may have a few guys that are uh, just, you know, bailing or uh, yeah. or maybe they'll, they'll all be. Yeah, I mean, who DJ. knows? Mostly I'm just thinking about the emotion. Like, I'm just thinking about like, is this going to be a highly emotional day for their seniors who really want to go out with a win? And I don't know. The only guy who's, who's been there more than two years is Jamal Bay. Um, You know, who's, he's been there actually five years. So that's, that's the one guy. Um, And he's, you know, he, he's, he's had a pretty, uh, pretty rough year in terms of offensively speaking anyway. 
So I don't know. Maybe yeah. he's a good candidate for the guy who inexplicably goes off and, you know, makes us angry. But I don't know. It's I just I don't I don't feel like it's that. And then also this is the other thing. Like you mentioned, the game's on Thursday at eight o'clock. That's not a real super fan friendly, you know, time, uh, both in terms of the day of the week and the and the time of day. So I don't know how how packed the place is going to be um, either on that. I suppose I could look up available tickets real quick, but um, yeah, it's I don't know. It's it, I I don't know. I I do think it's going to be like I said. I do think it's going to be an entertaining game. Um, you know the the shots do you feel the like teams were able to get off in the first one sort of belied the the score just a little bit. So I, I do feel like Heckhead score belied the shots. Heckhead because the the seats are so compact. Yes. Um, they fit ten thousand in a very small space in there. Yes, like it, even if even when they have like lighter attendance, it feels like a lot more people are in there. Uh, just because yep. it's so, and then the the students section I'm sure will be uh, full. It's not you know it's it, for the size of the the student body there. It's pretty small. Um, yes, it's a few uh, hundred comparatively. <laughs> yeah, it's it's With, it's not you know, very big. Forty thousand students or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's so it, you know that's uh, I'm sure that'll be full, and they have theirs like right behind the benches, and uh, you know hopefully I'll be sitting down there. I'm not sure. We'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean I I don't know how many Cougs will be there, but I got a I got a crew of nine going. Um, you know, once you once you hit your wagon to the Logans, it's just the the numbers the numbers explode, and, and so we got we we got a we got a, a pack of nine going to the game, and and I think there'll be a fair amount of Cougs there. There usually is at this, and I think probably the 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 winning streak we've been on, uh, people are a little more excited to go to the game. Honestly, like I I don't even think a lot of people go to the game if we were have lost two of the last five or so, you know? Um, so I, I it'll will, be, it'll way, be interesting. I will say there's not a ton of tickets available. So it's actually, it looks like it's, it's probably going to be pretty, pretty well. Attended. I mean, yeah, so. that, it usually is for this game. And yeah, honestly, usually. there's usually, there's usually a couple thousand Cougs in there. Um, yeah. because it's, you know, it, and it's probably like, you know, for a lot of people, it's only basketball, you know, Cougar basketball game they see all year. Uh, so it's it's even even when they're not very good, it, it's usually a good coup crowd. So um, it, it should be it should be fun. Like I, it's generally a fun atmosphere that for that game. Like because I've been to I don't know how many at this point, but like it, it's 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 an intense atmosphere. No matter how bad the teams are, or how good the teams are. I mean, the most intense one I went to is when we were like ranked number six. But um, but you know, it's it's always a it's a it's a fun atmosphere because. You know the the students. You know, for as much as they say that Oregon is a rival, really get on us. Like they they yeah. uh, they they show out for for WSU and and it's it's obviously really fun to win at UW and it happens a lot more than it happens in like football or whatever. So um, yeah, it's a it, it, it's it's a fun game. So yeah, Cougs, if you're in the Seattle area, you know, stay up late on Thursday. Let's go, yeah. you know, buy buy some tickets on StubHub if you got to. Uh, let's yeah. let's let's get let's let's support. Let's let's get to that winning record. Let's support them. Um, and and what Jeff said, it's going to be fun. It's going to be high scoring and all of that stuff. Um, I, so Maybe don't I should have made Joshua taking the whole family and gone to the game instead on Joshua's birthday. Yeah, it's been like okay, fam, 
We're going to we're going to a cougar game for your birthday. <laughs> Could have done that. Just uh, you're doing what dad wants to do on your birthday. That's yeah. That's happy birthday to you. You're coming to a basketball game with me. (laughs) And you're staying up till on a school night. You're going to be up till uh, midnight pretty much. And (laughs) yeah, that's easy. Who cares about that? Who cares about school? School's for losers. Teenagers historically do not need sleep. Yeah. They, they, they do really well with no sleep. Yes. That's Um, true. (laughs) <laughs> uh but yeah so men's hoops uh catch the fever the 500 fever the uh yes uh, hopefully we're NIT going for 11 fever. and 9 the nit fever catch that fever hell yeah yeah like that fever i had briefly in costa rica I had no idea where it came <laughs> from uh it w- sucked for like one night and then it was gone yeah uh, so hopefully this fever lasts a little bit longer this nit yes. fever yeah um, and we could and i mean in theory this this is something else we haven't talked about either is like we could end up as high as like fifth or even fourth in the pac-12 tournament seedings with yeah, a which win is nuts. as well yeah it's absolutely which nuts. is totally insane absolutely this team insane. was five and nine hey, four five and four, nine yeah four is a uh four is a pretty insane long shot but yeah. Three or sorry, five is is not super crazy. Um yeah. our man Nate Dahl, you know, over at over at Coog Center, um, you know, kind of did the scenario and and I I'm trying to remember exactly what he said, but it was it basically was uh like And like, I think he'll publish it. I yeah, I'm trying to remember. Like as I'm now I'm like, this is great radio right here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. let me scroll, scroll through Slack. I know it's not, it's not that far away. It was this morning, so it can't be that tough to find. Um, let's see. Okay. TJ Bomba. We're talking about TJ. Da, 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 da. Okay. Here we go. Uh, we got to beat UW. Obviously, uh, Arizona state loses to both USC and UCLA. That seems pretty doable. And I Very, think yeah. those are on. I think those are on the road. Yeah, because yeah, right. uh, I'm pretty sure because they play. I remember them playing them at home earlier in the season. So I'm pretty yeah, sure I those think, are. Yeah, on the road. I think you're right. Um, and Utah, then loses, Utah to loses to Colorado, and that's, that's it. That's very possible. That's not insane. Um, Utah plays Colorado at Colorado, so not insane at all. And if and we can get so, to the five. Five is a good spot to be, man. Like because that's get, actually a really good spot to be. You get Cal in the first round, yep. and you get Which Oregon, Oregon in the second round, who you've already beat. Yeah, like very recently, who you've already beat, and you know you you were right with them the first time around too. That that game wasn't quite as competitive, but um, we know, also were down just, a couple guys just, for that game. Yes, too. we were down a couple guys, so just beat them. You know, I like our chances to play them again. Um, yeah, and then. I think from there you would play, um, so you'd play four, and then you'd play. Uh, I think we should also point out that, like, I I know it's you'd probably have UCLA after that is who you'd probably have. I think. Yeah, we should also point out a bit like this five game run has come with uh, Zhang's been hurt the entire time. Yeah, and so you're yeah. you basically have been almost no backup big. Uh, they've played Jack Wilson a bit, and shout out to Jack for scoring a bucket against Cal. Um, Hell yeah! Very very pretty uh, post move 
to lefty hook. It was it was gorgeous. Yeah. Um, he's pretty nimble. He's just too big. He's just, he can't get just, a call because he's too big. Yeah, if he runs into anyone, it's over. If he touches anybody, it's a foul. It's yeah. absurd. Like he gets gets called for being big. And there's n- literally nothing he can do. Anyway, whatever. Um, but I think you touch on there something that is uh, kind of dovetails on something you said earlier, which is, you know, talking about gay, the minutes that he is playing as a big are is kind this, of unheard of. Yeah. Like yeah. that is, and I know he's not a, you know, he's not a big, big, right? Like that. He's not like a big plotting dude, you know? So that's a lot of times that's where the guys with their minutes, um, you know, as bigs come from is, uh, you know, they, they just can't get up and down the court that many times. Yeah. Like, like Omar, 250, like, like, yeah. Omar Balo is right. he plays 68% of minutes for Arizona. Yeah. So, you know, you're carrying and 250, 270 Tubelis, pounds up and down the floor. Like it's just too Tubelis much. Is 73%. So. Yeah. So at 210 pounds, obviously, and he might not even be 210 to be honest, but yeah. to be carrying that, um, but the, you know, the other thing with bigs that is that limits their minutes often is the fouls. Like they get into foul yep. trouble just by, just by being around the basket. Like that is, that is literally what gets them in trouble. They're not necessarily more foul prone than guards. They're just near the action around the rim. And so, and Muhammad has done an incredible job of not committing fouls of playing i mean he's he's playing 80 percent of the minutes he's one of let's see how many two two guys three guys three guys who have played in every single game this year oh yeah it's him it's kamani it's justin powell that is it and he is the one guy who is sorry one of two guys who has started every game him and justin powell right he and powell are playing some absolutely insane minutes powell's playing 84 percent of the minutes Muhammad's playing 80% of the minutes. And again, like I said, that's sort of unheard of for a big. Um, so yeah, it's, I, you know, I don't think there's enough. I, I just don't think there's enough praise to go Muhammad's way. Like there are so many ways in which he has been so unbelievably incredible this year and has not gotten nearly enough uh, praise for that. Um, and he is getting like, this is what's crazy. He's getting better as the season goes along, like it is not, you know, he's had a couple of road bumps because of course you are, but like he's playing his best ball right now. Now, some of that might be, you know, competition. We have to keep like throwing that caveat in there. Right. Cause they've, you know, played a whole bunch of, but he's also had great good, games. Like, he's had great games against Arizona he has. and UCLA. So yep. it's not, he has. Yep. So it's, you know, he's playing his best ball right now. He's really, 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 really fucking good. Um, you know, I, I hope, I hope, I hope he comes back next year. If I had, if I was rich, I'd be like, what kind of NIL deal can I sign Muhammad up to? Cause I just want to see him play one more year. Right. Like, you know, I, I don't want to think too much about that. Cause you know, we're still in the middle of this season, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, like he's just so, so, so good right now. And, um, you know, I don't know if he's got the eye of NBA scouts or not. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up like with a second round promise where somebody's like, yeah, I'll take a flyer on you. So the question is, you know, does he does he want to cash in on a second round promise or does he want to play for, you know, that first round contract? I don't know, but I do know that what he has done this year, as is sort of the tradition of our fans in general, um, the best player on the team 
very typically does not get appreciated enough. And I've written enough of these posts at Coug Center over the years that I remember them all, right? Like I did a big long thing on Devontae Lacey because he was incredible and not being appreciated because the team was bad. And then I wrote a big long thing on Isaac Bonton because he was incredible and the team was like, so-so, but people just didn't like the way Isaac Bonton played, which was stupid, but whatever. And then now I've, you know, I I think I may have even done the same thing with, you know, Brock Modem back in the day. Like it just was, it's kind of one thing after another with these guys. And it feels like gay is, is the latest in the line of that. And, And maybe it's just because, you know, we talk about this a lot, right? That our fans are not really huge basketball fans, right? We have a lot of football fans who sort of very casually follow basketball. Um, and maybe that's a big part of it, right? Like we got all these fans who don't follow it closely. And if you don't follow it closely, you probably don't appreciate um, the improvement that that Gay has made. So I don't know, man, maybe I'll get motivated to write something about that, just yeah. how incredible he's been. Because it's it, it's been so good. And, you know, people who have chosen not to watch this team because they gave up on him or whatever, they've really missed out because he has been so fun to watch. And for a guy to you know, improve to the degree he has going from like basically the fifth option to the first option and improve his passing and improve his dribbling and improve his shooting. And it's just like, it's like the curve that he's on right now is insane. And I don't know if you can anticipate that curve continuing, but like, I would love, I'd I'd love to see for one more year and see how, see how high that curve can go. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, just to, add something to how he's improved and and i think when when you hear fifth option the first option people are like oh he's just taking more shots but it's like the thing is like when you're taking more shots when you're using more possessions cheers jeff uh when you're taking more shots um, using more possessions you're taking more difficult shots and there's actual data to back this up and and we were we were discussing it a bit um earlier so mo last year uh, let me let me scroll back through uh, Slack again. Uh, where where did that go? Was I? Where was I? Um, I found it. Here uh, we go. Did, Mo has higher O rating with significantly higher usage. Right, sixty three percent of his two pointers were assisted. That's the part you're talking about, right? Yeah. Where? Uh, Seven thirty three p.m. <laughs> why is it two and a half hours why, ago? Yeah, it's just not showing up for me. Uh, All right, so I'll, re- I'll read like what you those, wrote, and then you can riff those on it. those specific messages. Like it just skips forward to the part where I started talking about <laughs> uh, Kirk Kreisa. All right, so here's what like, you said. Those you said last messages year, are not showing up for me. Last year, okay. roughly sixty three percent of his twos were assisted. This year, it's only thirty five percent. Meanwhile, his assist rate has tripled. He went from a catch and shoot dunker to a creator and facilitator. And he didn't dip in efficiency. In fact, his efficiency is up, right? right? And by the way, around 72% of Tubelis' two-pointers are assisted, right? Because we were talking about most improved player. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's Mo is, he's gone from not just like, you know, catching and dunking or catching and, lay, and laying it up or whatever to actually being a creator, which is even harder to do. It's, and it's so much harder to make a good passer too. Like that's movement, what's crazy. Yeah. For a guy who hasn't played a whole ton of ball, he's a really good passer. Like, he's not a superior passer yet, but in the context of his experience, he's really good. Well, he's just, he's hard to double because of that. 
And and like he, he he's hard to double because if you double him, he's pretty impossible so to double, right? I mean, he shredded. Yeah. Who was it that? What, what was the team that uh, Stanford? Stanford yeah. loved to double. They tried, and he just like destroyed them with it. They finally had to abandon the doubles. Yeah, because because he's good enough. We have enough shooters. He's good enough, and and even like hitting TJ on those cuts to the basket, um, and even like Dylan makes that cut to the basket too when he's in the game. Um, not quite the same finisher, but. But you know he he finds those those plays, so they're able to run through him um, because he can actually make passes. You know, fourteen percent assist rate is pretty good for a guy that also kind of is kind of it's predicated on him to get get his own shot most of the time. And so for a big, and when he was you know four percent assist rate, which is like kind of like an accidental assist rate almost uh, to to go to they go up to fourteen percent, which is because he has these games where he gets three, four assists because he's just yep. finding guys out of doubles or he's finding guys uh, when the defense is, you know, is, is um, basically uh, Bryce calls it gravity. So they're not necessarily doubling him, but they're kind of sinking into him a yep. bit. You know, the defense is pulling towards his way, tilts the defense. You get, you get more open looks because he even gets those hockey assists a lot. And so it's, uh it's fine. Now, like, honestly, he's, he's, um, being very selective uh, and uh, with his threes. And when he is able to uh, be confident, catch and shoot, he's actually burying them. And he's up to 30, he's up to 33% in Pac-12 play on threes. Craig, he's Uh, three for his last three on threes. Three in a row. And they've all been very similar. And then they've all been early in the the previous game. He's, He's four for his last seven. Four for his last seven. I don't know. Just saying. Yeah, Throwing like he, he's, I mean, the stroke <laughs> looks fine. He's just so inconsistent. Yes. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah and yeah, but it's, it's, uh, but he's more, he's been more consistent. Obviously, his, his three point shooting overall is about the same as what it was last year. He shot a bit more this year, but I, I think like he's taken a lot more difficult ones at times this year. Um, but yeah, he, he's just, he his his field goal percentage doesn't look amazing, but it's also because he shoots a lot of really tough shots, and, yeah. and a lot of a lot of like premier bigs don't shoot like you like you mentioned when I said it like Tabellas like the vast majority of his shots are assisted, which means he's catching and shooting the ball like he's already set up for the shot, like when he's but Mo, if if you watch Wazoo basketball, he's getting the ball. And he's having to create. There's nothing there, and he's creating it on his own. And 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 that often, you know, he takes tougher shots that way that don't always fall. Uh, but he just the fact that he can create those shots is big. And plus, now you got TJ's feeling a little better. He's creating shots. We got him against Stanford was so impressive against a guy like Harrison Ingram who is a similar size body, similar size, you know, even bigger than TJ, and just to to bit to uh, put like to bully him like he did uh, was impressive. And By the way, here's, I, here's something I just saw that I'm like, oh, this might, this might help people contextualize what's happening right now. Uh, so Ken Palm has these similarity scores where it'll, it'll compare what a guy is doing to another player who has a similar profile, right? So here are his similarity, his similar players. Okay, first one is Ivan Rab. Now, a lot of people probably don't remember Ivan Rab. 
but he was one of those, uh, he was a five-star center recruit to Cal under when Conzo Martin was there. So that's, that's one comparison. So that's, that's the most similar. The next most similar is uh, DeMontis Sabonis in his sophomore year, right? So he's only at Gonzaga for two years. Uh, that was, that's the next uh, comparison to what he's doing, right? So and people who remember that 2016 Gonzaga team, uh, Sabonis was, was, was pretty awesome, like pretty super awesome. Um, and then there's a couple other guys, Perry Jones, Jarrell Martin, not super familiar with those guys. Uh, the fifth guy is Nicholas Claxton, um, who is now destroying people with the, with the, I think the Brooklyn nets. So yeah, it's Mo is in really, really good company right now with, with what he's doing. Um, it just gives you a sense of how good he's been. Yeah. And and it gives you a sense of like a guy, this size to have that stat profile is, uh, is awesome. And, and yeah, just the, the fact that you can look at the, just how, like how difficult he, you know, how hard it is to move from just the last option on offense to the first option on offense and get better while you do it, get more efficient while you do it. It's just so impressive. Um, that's why, you know, I, just because of WSC's record, uh, he probably won't be, you know, he might not be considered that much. And because he's had some off and on games, I don't know. But he definitely should be in very serious contention for most improved player in the league. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, he's, he's just, he, been, should, he should be the guy. It's not, it yeah. shouldn't be close. Like, it shouldn't be close. By the way, Perry Jones, I just looked up Perry Jones. I remembered his name. He played at Baylor, was a first round pick. Played in Oklahoma City for a few years and then bounced around the the G League and Europe and whatever. And yeah, I think every China. everyone on that list played, everyone on that everyone on that list played in the NBA at some point for some time. Yeah. I think. Yep. So um, again, he's good. Muhammad's good. He's good. And again, he has not played basketball that long. Uh where he's on like four, four or five years at this point. Um very impressive. So yeah, I guess that's a that's a good time. Um, I did again. I, I was talking about TJ real quick. He destroyed Stanford. That was really fun. Um, I can't. I'm just another guy. You hope gets more time because he's he's been battling that hand injury and he's just he, his his improvement has been insane. And just the things he can do that he had no chance of doing when he was a freshman are crazy. Yes. And and hopefully maybe he'll he'll show out against you, Dub, and then we'll be able to uh, talk about him a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, let's take a break. Come back. We'll talk no, about no break, no break. Screw SB Nation. No break. Oh, oh, yeah. no break. No break. <sighs> okay. Fuck them. Oh, fuck them. Yeah. All right. Cutting our show. <laughs> no break. Let's talk beer. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Let me get my beer open. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just, you know what? No break means I don't have to, I don't have to find, I don't have to edit and find the ad. So. All right. All right. Sounds good. Well, fine. Jeff. Would it it make, wait, wait, would it make it, would it make you feel better if I, if I went and we're back? Yep. I already feel better. There you go. All right. All right, Jeff. So, um, before we talk about women's hoops and baseball, I want to know what you are drinking. Yeah, well, I started out the night uh, drinking a, a one of my favorite standards when I can find it. Um, 
It's on tap at Rainier Growlers a lot, but don't typically see the cans around a whole bunch. Um, but I, I happen to be in Walmart of all places, which, which was sort of odd. Um, and I picked up a Boneyard Beer RPM IPA, which is, uh, again, one of my favorite um, sort of standbys. This is a, you know, kind of a, a, a West Coast, typical West Coast IPA, but it is a little more, um, you know, for, so for people who haven't had it, um, it's, it's not like quite as, as bitter and hoppy as a West coast IPA can sometimes be. Um, this one's a little more well-balanced. Um, it definitely has, um, you know, it's not, it's definitely not a hazy, but it has some of those like kind of, some of those same kind of notes to it that make it feel a little more juicy. Um, you know, when, when you're drinking it. So one of my favorites, I love boneyard beer. Um, and like mostly just because whenever I've gone down to bend, um, they're just like cool ass people who work there. Um, the first time I went there, they, they did not yet have their tap room up and running. So they basically just had, uh, essentially where they were brewing the beer, which was in like a, a basically a warehouse and you could go and you couldn't actually buy the beer, but they would give you like unlimited tastings, right? So like uh, Georgetown used to do that before they had their tap room. And, you know, when I went there, I was like, oh yeah, I love your guys' beer. And like, it's really great. And, you know, Notorious is one of my favorite kind of crazy triple IPAs to drink. And they're like, oh, this is awesome. So they start, you know, feeding them to me and, and you know, and then, you know, it's uh long story from there. So, uh, I just really like them. They're good people. They're just, they're good people who work there. And, uh, you know, their tap room in Bend is fantastic. Now it's, it's like a restaurant slash tap room. Um, I, yeah, I just like them. They're really good people. Um, during the summertime, I love their incredible pulp, which is their kind of their blood orange pale ale, um, which is great. Um, and then of course, notorious, the triple IPA. Um, if you ever find that, uh, just make sure you have a designated driver because it's very easy to drink uh, way too much of it. So, yeah. So I started with the Boneyard. By the way, now I've, I've now moved on to my uh, my Fremont uh, Golden Pilsner. So Yeah. Of course, uh, you know, you couldn't get Boneyard in cans for a long, long time. Um, yes. It, it was very recently that they started actually yep. sending out I cans. I think it was when they moved to the tap room and kind of upgraded their whole brewing operation. I'm pretty sure is when they started canning. So and this was like, I don't know, three years ago, I think. Yeah. Cause they were, so. they were always like a, a go-to on draft for me. Cause I knew I couldn't get it in a package and, and yeah. they were one of those beers. Like you could be in a place that had like nothing to speak of on draft, but they would just randomly have RPM, you know, yep. or uh, what's the, what's the bigger one? Not, not notorious, the hot but the venom. hot venom hot or is venom? that the smaller one? Yeah, that's, is RPM? I think, which hop one's the double IPA? Double IPA yeah, double. So you either, you get RPM, sometimes a hop venom, um, and they're both really good. And yeah, always always a nice uh, kind of, uh, you know, you'd luck into finding one of those at a bar that wasn't really like a beer bar by any stretch, but but had a few craft handles and they would they would often have a, a boneyard handle. Yep. And so um, yep. and always good. Yeah. Great, great brewery, yep. great IPA brewery, especially. Yep. What about you, man? Well, I, I uh, went to the cellar uh, as I as I've Ooh. been doing lately, and I even this time got a sour beer, which uh, I'm just like you know, um, I just can't put these down like I used to. I just can't. Uh, <laughs> You're getting um, old, my man. You're getting old. I know, old. and but uh, this is uh, this one um, 
from White Rooster Farmhouse Brewing. Uh, they are in Sparta, Illinois. Uh, this is their, it's a second anniversary blend from spring of 2019. It's called Lapse Day Temps. I don't know. Like it's in like this like fucking font that's like impossible to read. Uh, let me re- look it up. Uh, right Rooster Lapse Day Temps. It is lapsed attempts. Uh, uh, let's look on the um, so this description here. It is with uh, apricots, plums, and blackberries. Uh, so I wonder if this is if they uh, um, if it's if maybe they change the fruits or if it's always this this combination because because this is literally just a sticker on the bottle that that is just says apricots, plums, and blackberries. Like it doesn't say that anywhere else. So um, interesting. Uh, but yeah, it definitely is very fruity. Um, it's it's not too terribly acidic. It's definitely sour. Um, I think um, you still get some of the blackberries. They're definitely like a dominant on the color. Um, apricot a little bit there. Uh, so if you don't like apricots, you probably wouldn't like it. Apricots and plums. Uh, often tastes like pretty similar in beer, by the way, too. Um, but yeah, it's pretty tasty. I mean, I, t- I tell you, like, when I was in my, like, big farmhouse and sour drinking uh, era, uh, I would have really enjoyed this more. It, but I still, it's it's very, very good. Um, but I am going to have a hard time getting through the 500-milliliter bottle on my <laughs> own. But I will try. I, I will definitely try. Just like get those. Um, hopefully, you got a roll of Rolades nearby, or, or yeah, or definitely a big old bottle of Tums, um, and you just go. I for also it. was was drinking earlier. I was drinking a Shadow Lifter coffee oatmeal milk stout from Holy Mountain. It's got a nice scorpion on the can. Uh, good stuff. Um, so yeah, beer. Uh, White Rooster Farmhouse Brewing. If you're in Sparta, Illinois. And you like saisons and farmhouse style and sour beers, go check them out. I don't know if they make anything else. The only things I've ever seen from them are are sours and and, and the like. So that might be all, all you can get from them. But uh, pretty tasty. Uh, and I, it's from almost four years ago, spring for, spring of 2019. Uh, so good stuff. Uh, but anyways, so uh, the women's basketball team had quite the weekend, uh, quite the uh, up and down weekend. It was the best of times. It was the most painful of times. But let's start with the good stuff. Um, on Thursday, uh, right before, um, you know, right up until uh, the men were playing, uh, the women went down to UCLA and came away with a victory for the first time ever. Uh, and... Just so happened to be their their third win over a ranked team uh, on the road this season. Um, just a just an impressive win for so many reasons. But yes, uh, they were zero and thirty four at Poly Pavilion, and they are now one and thirty four at Poly Pavilion. The first time ever. I I just I there is nothing safe under Cami Etheridge. Uh, everything is in danger. Um, I, that she just continues to do things that have either never been done or haven't been done in a very long time, uh, or, or you know maybe have only happened once ever or something like that. 
So it's just been very impressive. I, and just again, like just, you know, Tara had a huge game and Bella had a huge game. It just, uh, so many play, you know, Tahina made some shots and just like all the players that are, are stepping up, uh, for this team on a regular basis, even when, even while frankly, like Charlize has struggled offensively, like we struggled with her shot for a while now, and they're still able to get uh, these wins. Now she is one hell of a playmaker still, um, you know, and she, and we talked about gravity. There's no one has gravity quite like Charlize on the team, no. um, but uh, she's, and she's just an incredible passer. Uh, how many times yeah, I've seen, well, I mean, I, I distinctly remember one play where there were like, three UCLA defenders. So like Charlize was on like the left side of the key kind of probing literally three UCLA defenders were within like five feet of her. And then she, you know, calmly just sort of throws this pass to the corner, um, you know, and they converted on on a three from there. Like she just like, she's her numbers haven't been great. Like, I think you were probably going to talk about that. Like her numbers haven't been great lately, but she still just command. It reminds me so much of, like uh sophomore clay Thompson, right? Where maybe the numbers aren't totally there, but he just commands so much attention from the defense, except the difference is Charlize has these really, really good players around her who can, who can make shots. Yeah. And, I, and I'd say like Charlize is definitely a better uh, ball handler passer than sophomore year. Clay Thompson. Was. Yes. Um, that is which helps. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it, she just, she's hit so many uh, just, these kind of you know full court passes to Bella or whoever who's running the floor off of a uh, a, a missed shot. Um, she's just she's just got so much uh, vision and she's just a smart basketball player, such a talented basketball player. And she also um, you know got a nod for all, all uh, Pac-12 honorable mention on defense, uh, which honestly I, I think she's even underrated uh, defensively. She's so so good defensively. Um, I think she just doesn't she doesn't get steals and blocks enough uh, for people to rate her higher, but she's just a lockdown defender who can guard. You know, often guards uh, four different positions. Um, and, you know, sometimes five. Uh, so she's just just an impressive player all around. So even when she's not hitting shots, she's so valuable to the team. But the nice thing is, you know, you have games where where Tara's hitting shots, or Yo's hitting shots, or Bella's just been consistently playing well. Um, you know, Ulo will have a game here, here or there. Uh, you know, Tahina will have a game here or there. Um, you know, Jess Clark steps up uh, every so often. You know, it's just uh, there's just a, a lot, a lot more players that that can contribute this year, and and it's and it's nice. And we've talked about that a lot. But yeah, and so that helps. You know, I, you you wouldn't see them beating UCLA and Arizona on the road with Charlie's having these games in the past, but that now they're doing it. So that was amazing. That was incredible. Uh, you know, and then you followed up with WSU beating Stanford, the men on the road, uh, just a, a perfect Thursday basketball night. And it kind of looked like we were heading towards that on Sunday, too. The women were the first to play um, and, you know, ca- came out strong against USC, another very good team. They've been fringe ranked. They're, they're pretty high in the net. Uh, definitely a tournament team. Um, you know, they were up by 16 at halftime, uh, built the lead to 41-22 in the third quarter. 
and then it just kind of fell apart. And now they themselves were struggling. But I got to say, I do not think UCLA completes that comeback with a little help from their friends in striped shirts. Um, now, th- there's one very watched, obvious like one. The last, yeah, I only watched the last three minutes or so. My youngest had his birthday party. So I kind of wasn't, you know, I was kind of like checking in periodically. I'm like, oh, they're way up at halftime. That's fantastic. And then I turned it back on later and I'm like, holy shit, what happened? Like the lead was, you know, almost entirely gone. And then at the end, you know, of course, the, uh, you know, the, the play, right? The play. Um, Cougs are up by two. Uh, I, I think it's Wallach who tries to make a pass. Um, USC very clearly kicks the ball into backcourt. No call. Um, USC player chasing it down, dives onto the ball, slides five or six feet. No call. Uh, passes the ball from her back as she is sliding to somebody else. Um, and then there are three Cougs around her. And they swat the ball out of bounds and a foul is called. I, I did not see close enough to know kind of maybe whether the foul call was legit. I mean, I was looking on my, on no, my I phone, think it was, so I think the foul call was the one. I think legit. it was. Okay. Yeah. It was, it looked like it may have been borderline. Um, but, at, but the two calls that preceded it, like, I mean, this is with like what? 20, 20 seconds left in the game, right? Something like that. 15, 20 seconds. Um, Cougs are just, you know, essentially they're trying to run 30 seconds off the clock. Even if they don't score, USC's only got, I don't know, five seconds, eight seconds, something like that to try and score to tie the game. Um, and, and so, and the refs just, you know, just blow this call. And I mean, there was somebody on Twitter, you know, if you listen to the show, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to air this out, but it's like, somebody was like trying to argue to me like, oh, well, it's only a kick if it's intentional and it didn't look intentional to me. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. Like if the leg is moving, if the leg is moving, they always call it like, that's it. Like if the leg is not moving and you throw it off a non-moving leg, then that maybe they don't call it. But if the leg is moving, they just are like, yeah, that's that's intentional. Tweet, kickball. And at that point, if they make that call, now USC has to foul. USC was playing them straight up to that point. If they call a kick, shot clock back to 20 seconds. There's less than 20 seconds left in the game, but right about 20 seconds. USC's got a foul. You know, you get the ball to Charlize. She's going to head to the free throw line for two, two free throws. Okay. Like, here we are. We're probably up four with, you know, 20 seconds to go or whatever. Totally different ball game. Uh, you know, honestly, they just got fucked. They got screwed. And well, yeah, it's and very frustrating this, this to watch was, that happen. That, that was just a, that was like a cherry on top. Like it was the, at the end yes, of the that, third that quarter. That is what I've been told. Yeah, it's what I've at, been told. At, at, at the end of the third quarter, uh, USC player uh, hops and skips and jumps into a three. Uh, takes obviously three steps into a three. Um, and you know, basically, uh, shuffles her feet, takes a dribble, then takes one, two, three into a three, no foul called. I mean, no travel. They could have called travel twice on her. Instead, they get, uh, uh, WSU for fouling on a three. They get the points. Um, then you have, you know, Char- you know, Charlize was taken ball, the basket hack, no call. Charlize steals the ball up top. No one in front of her, the basket, no one in front of her. You see a player grabs her. They call foul. Now that is the easiest intentional foul to call in basketball. 
when there is no one in front of the of the offensive player, and then I use a, a, a def- you know the defender just grabs them. Like that's an intentional foul every time, and there wasn't even a review or anything of it. It it, it was insane to me. Uh, you know, just USC was just routinely taking steps. And, and honestly, they I know we say no one calls traveling. In women's basketball, they still call traveling. They actually do quite a bit. Like they, they don't they don't get away with traveling nearly as much in women's basketball as they do in other ones. Um and I still uh even at the end, uh, it it just WSU on their uh last possession, um uh, there should have been, you know, they they could have added another second, I think, to the oh my god to the clock at uh, least another second didn't. at least at least, and then uh, there was just and with all that, like at the end of regulation, Charlie had a very good look to win the game. Uh, she had a, a very good look to take the lead late in o- overtime with a three. Uh, it, it's just like all that, and they still almost won a huge game. That obviously, it's one of those like ones that moves you up a seed line to to get yep. a, a game like this, and and and, uh, and where where uh, ESPN's Charlie Cream has right now, and he's one of very few again. Uh, he's definitely the most prominent women's basketball bracketology. There aren't like five hundred of them like there is in women's or men's basketball. Um, he's got a WSU as an eight. Eight eight nine line, I think an eight seed right now. Yeah, which uh, fucking a can we get out of that fucking game? Um, <laughs> and if you and if you haven't paid attention, that's where WSU has been the last two years in the eight nine line. Um, so annoying. Uh, and there's you can't tell like this team has a it's got to have a better resume in the last two years. Like yes, it's got to. Uh, and plus, when you take take a, take out the fact that like. Uh, one of the best players in the conference was not playing in four of their key conference games against uh, tournament level teams uh, at home and games, you know, yeah. at least two, three, four, you could have won. Yeah. Uh, you know, a well, game against uh, a top 10, uh, to a t- top 10 team in Utah. You could have won yeah. uh, a game against ranked UCLA. You could have won and USC could have won Colorado. Who's a bub- borderline uh, bubble team uh, could have won. Uh, and and but you you didn't have Charlie's for any of those, and and I I I honestly don't think that Charlie Cream is taking that into account, but I do think that no. the tournament committee will. Yeah, I think so. I, another thing they've got going for them is I'm I'm looking at the tournament bracket, right? So we're we're talking about the men and their tournament seating. The women's tournament is this weekend, um, and in fact starts. So we're recording this on Tuesday night. It starts tomorrow. So the Cougs, by the time you listen to this, it'll be tonight that the Cougs play. Um, so they're going to play Wednesday night against Cal. Um, a team that they've, yeah, it's six o'clock. So a team they've handled, you know, pretty, pretty easily. Um, and then, you know, when you look at the entirety of the bracket, um, they have a great draw. You know, we, we, you just alluded to the fact, like, can we please get out of that eight, nine game? Right. Because, um, you know, you're just, even if you win it, you're, you're facing one of the, the heavyweights in the second round. And that's always extremely frustrating. That is not the case in this PAC 12 tournament bracket. Stanford, UCLA, and Arizona are all on the other side of the bracket. 
on our side of the bracket, it's Utah. And Utah's really good. You know, don't get me wrong. I mean, Utah's really good. But also, we came pretty damn close to beating Utah without Charlize. We played them with Charlize the second time, but also that was in Utah, and we kind of know how those games, you know, tend to go. So, you know, playing Utah in the second game on a neutral court, I, I mean, I like our chances. And if you get past them, then it's Colorado, USC, or Oregon State. You lost by three to Colorado on the road. Probably should have beat them, right? I, I mean, you're just kind of like, man, it, I mean, I'm not going to say like that they have, you know, the road paved for them to get to the championship or something, but also like, it's set up about as well as it can be set up. Yeah, for a seven for a seven seed in the Yeah, for a seven seed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually had a lot to do with that by beating UCLA. Right? <laughs> like yeah. and you know, if they had if they had beaten USC, I think they would have flip flopped with them. Um and they'd be facing yeah. Oregon State and then Colorado, which would be even better, but still it's still a pretty good draw. It's still a pretty good draw. And, and you know, you're going to have to play good people at some point. But really, you again, avoiding, you know, avoiding Stanford is obviously the biggest one, right? Because we, we know how that goes. Um, and, you know, obviously they beat Arizona and UCLA, both of them this year. But also those are two really good teams. Um, again, having them on the other side of the bracket to fight it out with Stanford, that's great. You know, so feel good about that. You know, one of UCLA or Arizona is going to play Stanford. Maybe one of them beats Stanford. It's possible. And if you can make it yeah. to the championship, maybe you're playing UCLA or Arizona again. I mean, I know that's all like getting way ahead of ourselves, but I don't know, man. It's not it's not a crazy thing to think that this team could go on a run and actually like make it to the championship or win the whole thing. Like maybe I'll end up sounding like an idiot. That happens a lot, but but man, it's it's not hard um to forecast. And then the other thing is this, like this is kind of a small thing too. Um, the way the tournament is set up, they play Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Sunday. So if you can get through those three games in three days, you got a day off. So I don't know, maybe they can pull it off. Even if they, they can, they can, uh, beat Cal and get that win against Utah. Uh, even if you just get that one, that's a resume win. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, at this point, it's like, what can they do to improve their seating? Maybe get a seven or a six or a five, you know, even, I don't even know. I don't even know. The committee usually thinks higher of the Pac-12 overall and than Charlie Cream does. Yes. yes. Um, he said, he said, you know, WSU like barely in the tournament the last two years, and then they were like eight and a nine seed. Comfortably um, in both times. Yeah, comfortably in both times. Uh, so now he's got them comfortably in, so maybe they're even more comfortably in than he thinks. Uh, which I honestly like, I just see like, I don't know, you know, their, uh, their net is around where an eight, nine would be, I guess. Um, but, but I mean, how many of those teams, uh, won three games on the road against, uh, ranked teams and, uh, you know, how many other teams like, uh, have a, have a provable four game stretch of games. They probably would have at least won two to four, two to three of. Uh, because they have a, one of the you know the best players in their conference, probably like a top thirty player nationally. Like it, it's it, you know that this is um you know it's it, I I I gotta think that the the committee knows 
about those four games. And I got to think the right people are letting the right people know about that. And, well, and so, or some, and, somebody's and he, not doing their job. And, if and, not. and that would be a, that would be a really hard thing for a, uh, a bracketologist to keep track of. Uh, Cause they're keeping track of, you know, roughly a hundred teams or so that, that have like legit resumes. And then, the, and then they have to sort those teams at, and, and and when you're looking at the, you know what you when you're looking outside of like the top twenty, it's hard to hard to um, consider like injuries and and missed games and all that. Um, and it doesn't like stick out as much, you know. Because even if they look at Charlie says see she missed four games, I don't know which four games they were, all that stuff. Um, but but I got you know the committee; it's their job to know that shit. They better know that. Yep. And yep. and it's this team is obviously. Uh, better when Charlize is there and enough better that they could have won those games. And so it, I, I, I hope that those games are just kind of like a wash on their record. Cause I mean, or at least they get some credit for like taking like tournament teams to the wire without uh, their best player. And then, you know, beating another, beating one of those teams and almost beating another one of those teams on the road, almost beating, uh, and almost beat Colorado on the road too, uh, and, um, and and it's hard to you know we get these heartbreaking losses like against USC and against Colorado and and like oh like missed opportunities but you got to remember like even like a lot of really good basketball teams have a lot of heartbreaking losses because they're in games all the time. I mean, you think of the heartbreaking losses that Tony Bennett's teams had, the really good teams, yeah. um. It's because they're just in games all the time, so you, you and you're not going to win all of those. Um, so it's it just happens, and so uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see them at the term. I hope they show out and and hope they get a chance to you know just take out Cal, and then then you start playing the good teams and, and see what you can do. Because um, I just think this team is with Charlize. This is a top twenty five team. There's no doubt in my mind. And and that's why I hope that you know they are rewarded with something like a six or a seven seed. Yes, because I yes. I think that's where they are. They're even a five seed. You know, it, they're very good. Uh, the, the what they've done with Charlie's is is ranked team quality. And and I and yep. and I, I I gotta hope. You know, I've said it over again. It's just because it's just fucking. I'm I'm stressed about it. I gotta hope that they because because just this team is is set up so well. But just getting the wrong, uh, you know, if you're in the eight nine, with how good the ones are, it's just yes, you're, it's, you're it's just, just you're different just, in women's. Basketball. You're like, okay, I hope we can win one. Yes, you know, but but if you're but if you're a seven or a six, especially if you're a six, you know, you, you can start thinking about Sweet Sixteen and what happens if they're a Sweet Sixteen team, because it's there's a strong likelihood that they wherever they are put in the tournament. They will feed into the Seattle Regional. It, the The Sweet Sixteen and the Elite Eight are in Seattle this year, and there's a there's a strong possibility that they will feed them into that. Because uh, uh, and and if WSU gets the Sweet Sixteen, there's a strong possibility that that game is at Climate Pledge Arena. How sick would that be? Like, th- and Super that's why sick. that that's that's the stakes of like getting those higher seed lines. 
is getting that route. And plus the higher seed line, more likely they're going to feed you into that regional. So just getting that route to getting these like quasi home games for your, for your NCAA tournament, you know, ask Gonzaga how that went back in the day, like, you know, in 1999 or whatever, have being able to play in, 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 in Seattle, uh, for tournament games. Um, but, uh, it's, so it's, uh, it'll be, uh, it, it, it's, it's be stressful and, and but fun. Hopefully, um, this team is definitely good enough to knock off everyone except Stanford, obviously in, in, in the, in the, in the, in the league. Uh, and they've proven that. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, check it out. Six o'clock on, on Wednesday. So if they beat Cal, I'm sure it'll be a six or an eight thirty game on Thursday. Uh, so it might be right around when the, the men's game is, but uh, yep. so that means you it's all have to have a couple 12. screens out. All, all of it, Pac-12, Pac-12 even the championship. Yep. Except for yeah, championships on ESPN too. So oh, okay. everything else on Pac-12 Network. So. Yep. Well. Well, all right. So yeah, big uh, big week for um, WSU women, and then. Now we have another sport to talk about every week again. Man, we better uh, make this fast. <laughs> okay. Uh, you got to go. Jeff has to go to the bathroom. Um, I mean, it's, it's late, yeah. you know, and I'm two beers <laughs> deep. So uh, so uh, baseball, off to a good start, 7-1. and one, uh, yeah. uh, Have scored a whole bunch of runs, uh, a lot of double-digit games, a lot of 7-8 runs. Um, uh, it nice comeback win against UNLV, uh, one, three and three or four at the Tony Gwynn classic, losing only to the home team, or I mean, losing only to, uh, UC Irvine, who is probably the best team at the, at the thing, uh, the, probably the best historically, uh, good, uh, yeah, program, so. but yeah, um, just we'll definitely be keeping an eye on them. Uh, they have their home opener this weekend. Um, uh, so, uh, if you, you can head out to that, but uh, they, they should hopefully, you know, we might have some good baseball back at Wazoo and I, you know, we, we think that Brian green is good enough to build this team to a tournament and, and maybe this yeah. is that year. I so, mean, we're, we're getting so, exactly what we were promised with him, which is incredible offense. Like that, that was kind of the, you know, that, that was the rep that he was coming with was that they would hit and they are definitely hitting. All right, was that fast enough, Jeff? All right, if you that was fast um, enough. Good if job. you want, if you if you want us to, uh, if you like us, subscribe. Um, we might be able to keep the feed. I don't know. I don't fucking know. And honestly, definitely subscribe. Fox. No, no, no. So this is the deal. Like, definitely subscribe. The feed, whatever happens on the back end with us with the feed, nothing is going to change on the front end for the user. Oh, good. So as long as you are subscribed to one of those feeds, you'll be fine. If you're subscribed, oh, yeah. you'll find to us. To one of our great. three but, feeds. Yes, but definitely, definitely, definitely subscribe to the newsletter because the podcast yes. will come through that as well. And we'll and actually maybe I can get Craig articles. to do some writing. Maybe yeah. I can get Craig to write an article. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I don't I, know. You, Craig's got gotta, a job where he writes all day, though, so that's that's a tough and, that's a tough honestly, I, I, I'm still on Emma's payroll, too. So I don't you know, I, I have to ask her. I have to get permission. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am. I am also. I just don't I just don't care anymore. Well, so. I edit. I edit. All right. I had a fuck ton. Um, I earned that money, Vox. I earned that. I earned that. I earned that, that sweet money yes. that you pay. Well, you know, Vox, uh, but yeah, Vox will definitely, definitely love you back for that. 
subscribe to our newsletter, Jeff's newsletter so far. Uh, but a lot of you have. But it's ours. A lot of it's you, ours. A lot of you are reading yeah. it, which is awesome. Yes, um, which is super cool. Incredible click through rates. So thank you. Uh, but yeah, yeah so it's, join join by the way, party. Find it at podcastvseveryone.substack.com. Podcast vs everyone at substack.com. Uh, yes, do that. Um, yeah, you do our socials, whatever. Uh, well, I guess follow the, the you can see all this stuff. You go to uh, at pod vs everyone on Twitter. That's Jeff's Twitter. Um, and you know, I'm retweeting this stuff too at, at the Craig Powers. Uh, those are primary things. Uh, so you can follow us there. Um, and yeah, uh, so do that newsletter. It's the future. It's the future. Uh, the future. The, not the future we chose, but the future we are doing. <laughs> but now, actually, the one that we feels kind of feels pretty good. Uh, anyway, so yeah, thank you everyone uh, who have subscribed so far. We really appreciate it. And the rest of you join the party. Uh, but with that, uh, I will say, uh, since it is a UW week, I will say go fucking coots. Go fucking coots, Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Get vaccinated. Get the jab. And by the way, Bryce added this last week. Support you. I thought that was good. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Oh, yeah.